Welcome everyone to That Kind of Nerds coverage of Game of Thrones. This is Season 7, Episode 3. Uh, I am CJ Mellon, joined of course by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. What up, man? Unfortunately, Craig will not be joining us this week. Uh, he is on a fishing trip, and I, I have been told that all the great joys are far away from him so he can be safe on his boat. So let's start this episode uh, focusing on the events at Dragonstone because we finally got the meeting that we've been waiting for for seasons. And we finally see John and Daenerys meeting. And we learn two things. You do not want to be behind Daenerys when you're at a Starbucks. And Jon Snow <laughs> needs no long introduction, okay? That the 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 this is Jon Snow. That was some of the funniest shit that I've ever seen. <laughs> that was that was really solid. But you know, the comment that Laura made was, "Oh, guys, thanks for not dragging this this journey out." And I went, "Yeah, like a he month fast traveled. Like a month has passed. I mean, that's the yeah, thing, right? Right? It doesn't. You don't just get to Dragonstone. It's not just like a hop, skip, and a you know warp speed away. It takes they like a, a like a map. month. So it was." They they were good to us because it could have been a bunch of hobbits walking around. <laughs> it could Somewhere have Peter Jackson's going, you could have had great scenery of them walking. I'm just <laughs> had to walk to the boat. Right, right. You, you boat. notice all the beautiful green vistas. We don't need that. We just need John <laughs> to meet Daenerys. And and I, I like very much that John was kind of like, bitch, I don't know you. Right. Like that was, I mean, essentially that was the crux of his I, message. I don't. I, I, what I like. No, no, no. no know, what, I, so the crux of his message to me was the meme that I saw online, and I should have sent it to you. And I'm sorry I didn't. Has a picture was? of Daenerys says bend the knee, and Jon Snow's picture just says suck the D. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. Oh man, which I thought was awesome. I did like the fact that, you know, as fans, we were hoping for some, they would see each other and they somehow either would know that they're either brother, I mean, either related or that they're in love. How is that going to happen? You know, in love with his aunt? Listen, whoa. I think, I, yeah, I think they're, she, they're, they're Targaryen, so yeah. I think she already suspects something because Davos almost let it slip that he died. That he took a dagger yeah. to the heart and she's already be like, what the what the hell does that mean? Yeah, she's, T Tyrion, what do you think he meant? Died for his people. And Tyrion's like, oh, that guy says all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, you know, we, we can we rewind for a second? Because I swear to God, I think Jon Snow almost smiled when he was talking to Tyrion on the beach. He did. And he, he was, did. Yeah. And that was yeah. actually very cool. He did cool. that little smirk. you like, ah! Right. Well, I was the expecting a predator insulting moment? each other and then they did the ah! Yeah, like, it's been a long time. <laughs> I was, still that's alive. what I was thinking. We're happy, but I was expecting the Predator moment. I was just thinking Jon Snow would be like, "You son of a bitch," and then they would just like clasp hands first. It's like the Carl Weathers Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger moment is what yeah, you were expecting. What I was waiting for. I, I feel like was there's happen. a better analogy in there, but I, I'm gonna accept your Predator analogy, even though there's a better one. I'm sure that uh, that's the one we'll go with. Good lord, yeah. I, look, I was very happy. Um, with that scene, it 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 made me smile. It was very cool. And then Tyrion, very clearly, like I mean, telling Daenerys, look, this he's a good dude. Like, you know what? He's not. He's not a dick. Everybody likes him. He's a good dude. So I, I was I was happy with it. I just can't get over the fact that John goes to Daenerys and says, "Hey, Army of the Dead is coming," and she goes. Well, that's a load of horse shit. 
says the person with three dragons right. and who can't get burnt. <laughs> I don't understand that. There can't possibly Everyone be an army dragons of the dead. were extinct. Well, there's White Walkers coming. Well, that's a myth. Listen, so, you, you know. took three stones into a fire and came out with three dragons. Don't tell me no bullshit about there can't be a Night King. There clearly <laughs> can be. And for me, I, I don't know if I was more sort of incredulous about that reaction or the fact that in my fantasy league, I only got five points for Tyrion's wits this episode. Five. Was it for the entire scene where he's just like, I came up here to brood? Right, I mean, you, I may, came up here to brood about my failure and you're making me fail far better brooding brooding over my than failure. I am. But, but <laughs> like, that wasn't the only funny thing he said. He was brilliant. Like, we finally. I like get, the, the bit too of, uh, it's a long and bloody story. I was drunk for most of it. Yeah, like, that's yes, what I'm saying. Right. He had like many hey, witty lines. I got five fucking points and I'm, and I'm super sour about it. So let's focus in, though, on, on this meeting and, and really what was said, because there's also a lot of subtext in there. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of mistrust, right? Uh, no one really knows what to make of each other. Uh, John's on his mission to go fight the Army of the Dead. Daenerys is there to uh, pledge allegiance. You know, I want the North to, to bend the knee and make one kingdom. And then it's politics for a couple minutes going, listen, uh, your your father burned my uncle alive so uh, your allegiance is gone, and I don't know you, you don't know me, so fuck this. Like, this is not how we're, we're going to, to, to get this relationship off on the right foot. And I like the fact that Tyrion, in several moments when he's talking to Jon and talking to Daenerys, is like, if I was with Jon, I wouldn't tell him to come meet you. I wouldn't tell him to he said, And he said and the same this. thing to Jon. Yeah. He was it, like, it was if I was your hand, I would have told you not to show up. There's no reason for you to be here. Yeah, so, I mean, with all this talk, though, even with John, even with Daenerys, working together or at least communicating, and it's because of Tyrion that shit actually gets done, right? It, it's Tyrion's on that, that cliff with – right, with no surprise. That's been this whole show. Like, yeah. He's, he's been the dealmaker. And he goes, listen, John's like, hey, do you believe me about the White Walkers? And Tyrion wisely goes, why don't you just tell me what you need, right? Just tell me what's going on. It's like, I need the dragon glass. So he goes to Danny. He's like, listen, it's not going to hurt you at all to give him the damn dragon glass. It's worthless. And uh, if we make him happy, maybe we'll get an ally. This is Tyrion at his best doing what he does, what we love about him, which is just being the mastermind to see eight you know, moves ahead, which leads to a fantastic interaction between Danny and, and John, where they're talking and he's – um, <laughs> They're just having a really great interaction, and then she kind of looks at them with basically the the new "you know nothing" Jon Snow line, which is "you better get to work, Jon Snow." They're just they're having their they're they're testing each other and just kind of seeing how they react, and it's it's great to see that interaction happening. What do you guys think though about Tyrion being the master planner and just kind of pushing this through, the, like he always does? Well, I, I think that that was we knew it was going to go that way at the very start of the scene when the when when Davis Seaworth was introduced as as the guy who almost took King's Landing and, and Tyrion said, Well, yeah, almost. But <laughs> you know, right. I kind of had the plan then too, right? Um and, and I I do think that his idea of just just give a little, just concede something you don't care at all about. It does doesn't matter, right? It's gonna it's gonna make a big difference on the back end. That was a really solid plan. It's the reason he's the Hand of the Queen. 
and he's kind of playing both sides, right? He's 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 mm. play, he kind of like Varys. A he's, little not, bit, he's, not, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not playing both sides. Like he no. He was honest with John. I, I if I was your hand, I would have told you not to come here. No, he's loyal right. to Daenerys. Yes, period. he is like, loyal. Everything to he says has to do with helping Daenerys. Yep, it's true. She doesn't need the dragon glass, but John does, and she needs an ally. So hey, if we tell John. Take this. You go do what you got to do. We're not going to be able to send our army with you, but at least you have your weapons for these quote-unquote army of the dead that no one believes in. Um, we might, you know, when we call upon you for King's Landing, you might actually come. His loyalty right. isn't, isn't, is in no way flailing, and he's not playing both sides. He was honest with John. Right about their time together, about their journey, about the fond memories, and and about the fact that they're both survivors and still there. Right. He was honest about the advice he'd provide, and he was honest with Daenerys. I think the thing about Tyrion is with his gift for deception, he has found that he is best off when he's brutally honest. And that theme has has played out over and over and over. But that wasn't that wasn't the only thing I was interested in uh at, at Dragonstone. It was the scene with Melisandre and Varys. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I thought was very cool. And especially, you know, Varys is always, he always feels like he's got one up on people. And he's made this mistake with Red Priestesses twice now. Right? The first one who told him about what happened when he was a boy. Right. And and now Melisandre's like, no, no, no I, I got to come back here one more time. Uh, I have to die here just like you have to die here. And he's like, what? F- wait a minute. What What was that now? Because I didn't I heard you say die. But <laughs> so that begs the question. We know Varys above everything else is a survivor. Would he bail? Right. And 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 maybe sort of meet his fate on on the road he seeks to evade it or does he stay the course and 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 we see he survives maybe Melisandre's full of shit no i don't see because she's been she's been she's been you know she's been flawed a few times but technically if he dies of old age he still dies yeah it's a vague it's a vague thing like he's not he never leave yeah it, it it really is a veiled threat. And Varys being so, you know, shaken up and, and worried and scared about, you know, wizards and uh, That's the first time. I mean, we've really seen him really shaken, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, from appearance sake. And, and I think that really is just because she said it to him. If it was anybody else, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But because she's a red priestess and she knows magic, he's all, yeah, that's his weakness. That's his kryptonite. He's terrified of that stuff after what Technically, happened Technically, Superman is also weak against magic as well. <laughs> <laughs> just going to throw uh, that little tidbit out there for you. Uh, but no, I don't think Varys would bail because he's loyal to the realm and he honestly believes that Danny is the best thing for the realm. So I don't see him. I don't see him bailing. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, then let's keep the reunion conversation going and let's talk about the reunion at Winterfell. Yes. Uh, Can we please talk about this? It's Wolf's Bram, right? And he's awkward. like, hey, let's have a conversation. Uh, let me casually drop your. No, 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 no. I, I think you're taking that way out of context. There was nothing casual about that. He said, I'm the three eyed raven. She said, Okay, well, that's weird. How'd that happen? Well, the three-eyed raven showed me how. But I thought you said you were... Yes, I see everything. No, I don't believe you. Listen, I see everything. I saw everything that happened to you. I'm sad it happened to you in our home. 
Oh, shit. He does see everything. It wasn't about him trying to casually strike a blow. It was the only way he could convince her that he actually does see it. All right. This scene... This scene reminded me of the scene at the end of Matrix Reloaded with the architect. <laughs> a, yeah, a bit, right? And, and, and I'm sitting there like, what the hell all is we he just talking need, about? Where are all the screens behind Sansa where she's cursing and flipping the bird? Just waiting for all sorts of TVs behind him. Right. Is like, this has all happened before. It'll all happen again. And you need to make a choice. And, and I'm like... I just can't. Like, if I were Sansa, I'd be like, fuck you, and I'd leave. Like, did, what, what did that cheapen it for you? The the feeling that it was like that scene with the architect? No, it didn't cheapen it for me. I, I don't, it wasn't impactful at all. It just felt awkward. And it was awkward because, yeah, he chose that moment out of all the moments that he could have seen that her and they've been separated for years. He chose to, to talk about that particular event well, don't, in her don't life. Don't you think that that event is the one that would evoke the most visceral response and convince her? He doesn't need a visceral response. He just needs her to understand what he means by this, by I, I'm past, present, and future. I right. see everything. But the only way to convince someone of that is to show them, I, look, look, here's the shit you don't want anybody to see. You don't want anybody to see it. I see it. Right. I get that. But he can't. I see you mm. when you pee. As a as a brother, he, though, right? You're kind of just yeah, like as you're a brother. Kinda, he's not he a brother anymore. Work. He's. Da- I think that's that's the point. Okay. Is that? Damn it! Stop making good points. Okay. It's no, not allowed. He's no longer her brother. He is this this otherworldly thing. thing right? right. He can't be a lord of the north anymore because he's a three eyed raven. He's the three eyed right. raven. You're he's not right. the warden of the north. It's not his rightful place. He's no longer a Stark. Is his point to her and. I think in the long run, it's going to mean he is going to make a decision that isn't necessarily the best thing for House Stark. And I think yeah, this, absolutely. this is a precursor to that. I, I also like, the, just at a side note, uh, I found this Twitter post that had Jaden Smith uh, tweets right right over Bran's face, and they fit perfectly. And there was another one that's just like, yeah, Brandon Stark reminds me of the first time you smoke weed and think you have an intelligent conversation with somebody. <laughs> you know, I'm the three-eyed raven. I see everything. Whoa. You know, it's it's it, it was weird at first, but now that you're actually talking me through it, Josh, I, I see where you're coming um, from and yes. I see why this interaction was actually I mean, not weird and awkward and more like... It's the same way that you, you say to yourself, does every Muse song need to be an epic fucking event? <laughs> right? Like, does yes. every does everything Bran says need to be existential and weird? No, but it <laughs> is because that's the way Muse tracks are. They're epic events. True. So I feel every, like they're like, just pulling up shower thoughts and they'll just feed those that's, lines. That's kind of, yeah, yeah. The brand is full of shower thoughts. He's just going to. And this is feeding into the theory, too, that Bran is the three-eyed raven that they saw earlier, that he was that old man and he's time-traveling and all this wibbly-wobbly stuff. He's not time-traveling. He's just existing in every time in every place. He's right, the watcher. But, he's watching. Yeah. He's Time the architect. Air quotes. Uh, he's the architect. That's right. The other, the thing that I really like though about Winterfell, besides having that reunion, and and yeah, it was an awkward reunion, but it, it really, now that I understand, it really kind of sets the tone as to what Bran really well, stop, is. Stop, because it wasn't an awkward reunion. It was actually a, a very sweet moment. Right. When, but it, the, the at thing first, that, that got me the at, most at the at the the Godswood was a different thing altogether. Right. 
the the tree was looking at him. The tree was fucking looking at him. Yes. The other thing that really got me, though, made a big impact uh, was Littlefinger's speech and and what he said to Sansa, which was fight every battle everywhere. Always everyone is your enemy. Everyone is your friend. See the whole battle. Like, what great advice for the world that Sansa is stuck in. And for one moment, I'm like, I like you, Baelish. I like I like your thought here. Well, but I think it's informative about his character, right? The reason, oh yeah, the reason he is so good is because he is everybody's friend and everybody's enemy, and he's in 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 essence, he's completely agnostic all the time. And it, I mean, if if you're if you don't care about anyone and you care about everyone, then you can always make the right decision. But that isn't unlike what. Bran is saying as well. Like he's just sort of neutral. He's not for anyone, he's not against everyone and 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 but but Littlefinger's not neutral. Well, he's, he's always playing on his team. So he, he just is a team of one. Okay, so but that's the I guess what I'm saying is that's the dichotomy. They're they're neither opposed nor aligned. Baelish is for and against everyone and Bran is for and against no one. It doesn't make them opposite. It's just okay. two sides of a coin. It's very interesting. Yeah. This is it's a, it, it, the, it's a listen, balance between the, those the books two. never got there. This is a very interesting plot twist for me. I'm really interested in what Bran has to say to John. Because one of the first things he says was, you know, John's not here, but I, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to John. Where's John? Right. Yeah. So I'm interested once John comes back, what that conversation is going to be. If that conversation is going to be, if Bran's going to tell him that he's Targaryen, that he has some some claim to the throne, and that maybe he should oppose Daenerys, I I don't know. I I I don't think Bran is going to tell John that he has a claim to the throne because John doesn't even want the claim. Doesn't care. I mean, he really doesn't care about that. I think it's more of, hey, here's your heritage and here's who you are. Here's your identity. As Rhaegal's son, he or he is he is the legitimate heir. Is yes. he going to tell the, him about how White Walkers were created? Maybe, maybe Bran's the key to destroying the White Walkers. Yeah, I, I think what, and we'll have to speculate uh, later down the road. What or, Bran needs to say to John, or or will Bran or, just tell him, "Yo, Hodor died, and the reason he said Hodor was because I'm a dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me tell you, you're never going to say "hold the door" to anybody ever again after to tell you this once. story. The last time I was in two places at once, I ruined a dude. uh but no i i I, again not a whole lot happening at winterfell in the sense of like action but a lot of character nuances are coming out and again building up some hope that i you know what is brand gonna say to john it's gonna be very interesting to see that happen yep um anything else at at winterfell you guys think we 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 need to talk about anything else that we missed well we missed aria she's not there So we legitimately really, missed her because she's not there. Well, there the yet. thing is that this is what, what I well, really we just like. we just established that there's time travel in the sense that like John's already at at Dragonstone, so I mean time has passed. There well, should be listen, enough time for listen, Arya to get no, to. I, I don't think so. I think John fast traveled. I think he got to a waypoint was able <laughs> does, to fast travel no, to the this is not the Skyrim. Castle, but he here's the thing about Arya. Here's the thing about Arya. You can't fast travel when there's enemies nearby. She's surrounded by them. <laughs> well, John, so, again, well, John was traveling by boat, and she's on horseback, so it's going to take her longer. That's fine. Well, the other the other theory is she could be at Winterfell. 
wearing just another wearing, wearing someone another else's face. face. You're right. She could be. That's I can't right, so I can't know. take but that away. It, but it's a noticeable thing that we didn't see her at all. Yes. That we didn't even see her as Ari. I was so sad it, it, about that. Good, good observation. All right, let's talk about uh, a little bit of the action that came in in this episode, and that was Castle Rock. Because at first you're just like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be a bloodbath, and you know the Unsullied are just going to just take this whole place. Only to realize they're like, wow, we uh, we really don't have everybody that we're supposed to have here. Uh, you know, a couple of us have died, and because oh, Jamie, now we don't have a navy. Jamie pulled the same head fake that Rob Stark pulled. Yes, the exact totally same. Took a both the from exact Stark. same head fake. And Castle, they're like, yeah, go ahead and take it. We actually uh, we already took all the gold, so you're kind of screwed. And now, now you have to march from the southernmost point in the Seven Kingdoms to King's Landing. Good luck, well, they, guys. They've they they didn't just take the gold; they also took the food, so they can't yes. stay there. Yeah, they took everything. So I mean, they they literally have to abandon this position, and just like you said, they have to walk it now. You you can't you can't take a boat. Yep, you're screwed. Tyrion is gonna be pissed. <laughs> the guy was like, "Hey, remember that time that everyone hated me, and I I was allowed to build the sewers so I could sneak bitches up in there? Well, you know that's the way I got in. And oh, great, well we have to leave." Uh, so just it just kind of sucked a little bit. I did not see it coming. I was thoroughly surprised. Uh, I didn't know Jamie had it in him, but uh, that proves that you shouldn't underestimate a, a Lannister. The the thing about Tyrion sort of planning it out was brilliant. I liked that very much. And again, uh, more witty comments uh, should have gotten me more points right there in that scene. But they didn't, and I'm angry about it. But overall, like... The the winner of like that scene was Jamie Lannister. Hands oh down. yeah. Well, uh, so then, then let's just transition right into the events at Highgarden because there's some there's some more bloodbath right there. We see this this house this big house. We being don't taken need to see down. the bloodbath. Apparently, you don't, they're you don't, just you don't need to see the bloodbath because yeah, because because apparently Highgarden aren't they're not built to fight right. As, and that's what <laughs> well, Olena I mean, Tyrell said like. Well, did we fight well? Well, uh, you fought as well as can be expected for a bunch of pussies. So, yeah, like, I guess. And she's like, yeah, well, we, we've never really been much for fighting, right? But then Jamie thought he was winning that scene as well, but not oh, so much. God. So first off, thank God we finally have some damn closure as to who killed Joffrey. Um, after well, Jamie goes through great lengths Joffrey. to make sure wait, that wait, her wait. death is going to be painless. What are you saying, Brian? We've known who killed Joffrey. No. No. <laughs> to, this, to this point, uh, everybody felt like it was Peter Baelish. Yeah. Okay. It's never been confirmed. A lot uh, of theories. Uh, never okay. been confirmed. I, I got to rewatch that season right. then. Baelish, I thought, I Baelish was knew. the one that, that smuggled Sansa out. And even in the books, you assume it was Baelish. Okay. Because he, he constructed the whole... The fool being embarrassed and that whole situation and 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 so on and so forth. And then the fool that Joffrey embarrassed was the one that got Sansa to Baelish and 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 out. So you just assume that it was he that poisoned the king. What we find out in Highgarden, after Olena Tyrell drinks a cup full of poison. And then she says, Man, I'd really hate to go the way your son did. Right. Right, is it gonna be pain? Right, it's gonna be painful. Nope, I heard. I heard it. It goes quick. Great, great. And she and she guzzles it and goes, "That's great," because I'd hate to go the way your son did. And I really had. And then she goes, "I had no idea that's what the poison would do." Right, but you know, I'm glad I did it. Tell Cersei. 
Right. Yeah. Please awesome. tell her. I want her to know it was me. <laughs> well, and well, and she also calls Cersei a monster. Uh, and she she really calls uh, she calls Jamie out for not being really able to see it. She calls him a fool for not being able to see the fact that she's going to be the end of you is what she says. She'll be the end of you. Uh, and, you know, we've been contemplating what's going to happen to Jamie, but the move was so just blazing and just so just fuck you and your goddamn house. And I'm kind of I'm glad you're I'm glad your children are dead kind of moment. Uh, it was so charged and I, I was just I, I couldn't put two thoughts together. I thought it was so amazing to get this reveal. The thing is the way that they did. The, it wasn't the for me. Cersei's been telling Jamie this whole time that it's Tyrion. Yeah. So his brother is in exile, killed his father. All of these things transpired because of what Cersei has said. And you got to think, you got to think all these events are pushing him towards, wait, my sister is the most evil person ever. Now, I don't know what it's going to take to get him there. But any of these events, that you got to think they're chipping away at him, right? Yeah, inch by inch. And I don't think he's gonna. I mean, if he if he goes back to Cersei and says, "Hey, by the way, found out uh, wasn't our brother who who killed you know our I don't, son." I don't you think he holds doesn't matter? That? Still killed, still kid dad. Do you think he still holds that for a while? He holds that shit in and then explodes on her. Oh, I do. Do you think? Hold on. Do you think Cersei already knows? You no. think Jamie goes there and says, hey, the Tyrells poisoned our son? And she goes, I know. No. Mm, you don't think there's a possibility Please don't be right on that because that's too too smart for you. She, we, we don't know. Did have, you wait? Did, uh, listen, listen, Craig. She would have. <laughs> she would have already murdered every Tyrell. She is not like. If we know anything about her, right, while she's willing to wait for justice, she is not a patient woman, right? I mean, she essentially committed genocide on a short timetable. It's <laughs> probably just the whiskey talking. I'm just throwing it out there. Figured it was a thought. Figured, for hey, some- who does she hate more? Does she want to get rid of Tyrion more? Or does she want to, at that moment... I think she would have wanted to get rid of Tyrion more. Maybe that's why she said it. Even knowing that it wasn't Tyrion and that maybe the Tyrells At did that it. moment, did she hate Tyrion or Marjorie Tyrell more? Didn't she know the prophecy that her brother would strangle the life from her before Joffrey died? Well, yeah, of course. That will, in, that will inform who you but hate no, the no, most. No, 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 no. But that same prophecy said that there would be a younger, more beautiful queen. And Marjorie was that queen. She hated Marjorie more than she hated anyone. Okay. Right, but but at the same time, she needed the Tyrells. At that moment, she needed them on her side. I don't believe I don't believe Cersei. I don't believe, I'm just saying, I'm just no, saying it's I, worth exploring. I don't, I don't believe Cersei ever thinks she needs anyone more than anyone else. Like she'll take whoever's there that's that suits she needed her. She needs their the money. Bank. She had the money from the Bank of Bravos. The Tyrell so we'll, money we'll was, was gone. It's very hard to tell right now what Cersei's thinking about anything. So, I mean, we're just speculating here. So, uh, we'll, we'll see next episode whether Jamie actually tells her. Oh, if, she's or thinking she wants her. some more brotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> so, then let's let's take this back to the events at, at King's Landing. So, you know, Euron comes back. They are cheering for a Greyjoy, which, I mean, I don't think you would ever see that in King's Landing. He's got really two gifts 
for Cersei, right? He's got the sand snakes. He's got his niece along for the ride, but he's going back with her. So this is when Cersei really kind of goes into that Mad King territory, right? And this is where the the comparisons are starting to form, where she is just very flippant, right? No, her, she's, uh, she she's just turns on it. She 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 did exactly what the Mad King threatened to do. She ignited the wildfire. She's already there, already there. Yeah, but she hasn't done that in public. Like, what, she hasn't. She been ignited so the wildfire. Everybody knew it was her. She burned the sept of Baylor and everyone in it. There's she's already there. Okay, so she's now just embracing. Yes, she's embracing the persona of the, the Mad Queen. Right. That's okay. what she's doing. And 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 Euron brings gifts and says, "There's only one one thing I want in return." She's like, "Well, you'll you know you'll get laid, but you know after the war's over." And then she promptly right. takes her brother into the bedchamber, and then doesn't even mind that the handmaiden that we saw in season two, I believe, uh, is you know sees it again. Don't even care. Just like whatever. Don't care at Don't all. Don't even care. Yep. Whatever. Open the door. We're gonna really need we're shit. gonna need new sheets, by the way, because we've soiled <laughs> these. <laughs> God, what a bold fucking move! But the the scene that really. Just, I mean, wow, that lost for words was when she walks into the, the, the dungeon, the cell, and we've got two, Plant, two of plants, them tied a, up. plants a kiss on Tyene's lips. And I then, was sitting there going, she's wearing lipstick. Oh, no. Like, instantly knew exactly where this was going, except it went even darker, which is like, and your punishment, your crime is I will keep you alive, and you are going to watch forever her die and decompose. decompose. We're gonna. That's what you're gonna be stuck doing for Gross. the rest of your life. Gross. I cannot think of a fate worse than that as a parent. That is just not. I mean, that I don't. That can never even enter my right. my brain. George R. R. Martin is a fucked up man. I don't know how he thought about this punishment, but it is the most Mad Queen esque thing besides blowing up the, the the Citadel that's there. You know, those of us who aren't parents were also appalled. Just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, your pain's not the same as mine. Um, Just saying. Yeah. It's screwed up for everybody. It is indeed screwed up. She's she's not getting out. There's no, there's she's not. I want her to. Oh, it's not going to happen. I, I don't think there's a lot of people who want her alive besides Danny, but by the time that Danny gets to, to the Red Keep, she's already dead. Like, someone else will kill her by then. Maybe even Jamie will just put her out of her misery, but I mean, like, she'll be dead in some way, shape, or form. She's not going to sit there and watch that happen. She, she, her daughter's going to die. She's going to find a way to kill herself. It's, she'll be dead. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to do when you know you're you're bound. But okay, listen, if I if I could give it to anybody, it'd be her. Right? Yeah, Alaria Sand is a, a willful woman woman for sure. I just I don't see it. She's guarded. It's well lit. There's people checking on her. I don't see it. People are placing the torches every once in a while, right? So she can, so she doesn't miss any any of the decomposition of her daughter. Good God, was that some shit? <laughs> right, chills, chills. All right, so let's let's wind out the episode with at least some some happier news. Uh, Sir Jorah is cured. Yay! Right. He doesn't have grayscale. Right, which um, in that scene he's like, yeah, uh, Professor Slughorn, I got better. <laughs> M- must have been the sleep. I took it's, some night well. I like, feel great. 
Right. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you pretend to be sick so you can stay home from, from school. No, 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 no. No, it right. wasn't like that. It was like uh, the dog that just turns his face away from the mess he's made on the floor. <laughs> That's. It was more like that because yeah. it was very clear that Sam treated him. And then he's like, no, I just, you know, I, uh, it was it was a scratch. Uh, Vitamin C is a They turned me a into drug. a newt, but I got better. So <laughs> it's fine now. And then, and you know, Slughorn takes Sam. He's like, Sam, uh, in my office. And sort of, I think, opposed to what everybody thought was going to happen was like, you're actually really good at this. Now you're going to, you're going to learn today. Now read these and do more. Yep. Yeah, I love, but I love that. He's just like, hey, I need you to, um, these are getting old. You need to rewrite everything. And Sam's like, well, this is bullshit. And he's like, what, you thought you would get rewarded? (laughs) But that's what, I think what Sam doesn't realize at this point is that is a reward. He's going to rewrite all these ancient texts and in rewriting them, learn all of them. Yeah. This is brilliant. And it's the best way to teach. Best way to teach. Right? You did you did good. You did good. Guess what? You need to do good again today. So any stray observations, final thoughts of this episode of, of Game of Thrones before I go to your crazy theories. I am sad again, like uh, you know, I, I flashbacks to when I was listening to to book four or five or whichever one Arya was was missing from. That her presence is always missed by me. I miss her when she's not around. I need more Aria in my life. I need it to happen in the next episode. I am hungry like the wolf. (laughs) And for the wolf. If a dire wolf showed up next episode, I'd be extremely happy. My 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 lingering question is really what is the the fate of, of Melisandre? Where is she going? She was wise enough to not go to meet John and not overplay that hand. Uh, but she says that she'll be back and you know that she has to die there. She's the going to go commune is, with wildlife in the desert somewhere. Yeah, but uh, that character will come back on screen and, and I didn't say she wasn't. I just said she's going to take a bunch that, of peyote and dance around naked. Yeah. For the next three three episodes, that's what she's <laughs> Listen, doing. I'm not going to lie. I'd watch those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's wearing that necklace. If she takes off the necklace, no, the no dancing around, naked. Not the watching those episodes. Right. Only with the necklace on. But uh, very interesting. Bran so, is her spirit animal. They can <laughs> commune together. He'd be like, yo, bitch, I saw you take that necklace off. That shit was freaky. <laughs> You're not the only one who can play an old man. Let me take over this person. (laughs) (laughs) We could be old together. Uh, All right. Well, that is this episode. Thanks so so much for sticking around. That's (laughs) terrible. I'm sorry for the mental image I put in your head. I'm so sorry for every uh, every joke I made. I just owe you a massive apology. So join us uh, next week. We'll be talking about the next episode, episode four of this season of Game of Thrones. I am CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton and Greg Newcomb in spirit, my friend. Always in spirit. Uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>